welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Mike. Hey! So today, we're continuing on our adventure with One Piece, covering the Baratier arc with episodes... Six and six seven? And five and six, Five sorry. and six, okay. <laughs> five and six. <laughs> this is all boring uh, together. five being Eat at Baratier, and episode six being The Chef and the Chore Boy. Eat at Baratier and The Chef and the Chore Boy. Some exciting episodes here to talk about, but before we do, I'm going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com, or we're also on social media sometimes. <laughs> on Instagram, it is at fantasyrewindpod, and on X, it is simply at fantasyrewind. All right, Mike, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Alright, Dylan, so this arc I had probably, or I noticed the biggest differences so far from the source material, and I didn't hate it because I can see what they're doing in terms of, like, trying to make the uh, sort of big fight that happens at the end of the first season here have its sort of precursor now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was, I think it was actually done really well. And whereas the anime, you had Don Krieg um, and Luffy kind of have this big fight at Baratier after Zoro was taken down by Mihawk, who, by the way, Mihawk loved what they did with this character. He's so cool. He's so cool. I loved it. I I think they did a really nice job with it. And it it doesn't really veer away from the story too much in any really important ways. It still tells the same story, just in a more condensed uh, kind of way. But what were what was your thoughts about kind of Bratier as a whole? So I thought it was great. I think, like you said, that we're seeing our biggest differences from the anime here, though, because in the anime we kind of have three boss fights happening at Bratier, where we have Don Krieg versus Luffy. Mm-hmm. And which is, yeah, the big one. Then we have Mihawk versus Zoro. Yes. Which is kind of, it kind of went how it did in. Yeah, I mean, I would say calling that a boss fight. I mean, Mihawk kind of wipes the floor with Zoro, but we'll get to that in a minute here. Yeah. Um, And I forget if Arlong actually makes his appearance. No, so Arlong doesn't show up until they get to uh, Nami. Kobayashi, or yeah, yeah, Komiyashi Village or whatever it is. Mm hmm. Like he's he's kind of just mentioned here and there. Mm. He he doesn't show up at all, and so Arlong being there that was pretty big. And that whole fight that Arlong and Luffy had is a fight that they have on the island. <laughs> that's part of like the final boss fight of that first huge arc before of the East Blue arc of the anime. So I was like, oh good, they kind of got this first fight, uh, this first part of the fight out of the way where Luffy's, like, drowning underwater. Right. It's, like, a whole scene. You know how it is yeah. with the anime fights. Like, they go on for, like, ten episodes. And so this is, like, the first, like, five or six episodes before <laughs> Luffy actually gets out and, like, fights Arlong. So I'm anticipating when we get yeah. to the island, it is a pretty quick uh, Luffy get to, gets to fighting Arlong. I have not watched the other two episodes yet. Me and my wife are watching those tonight, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But yeah, I think that with the way that they did it in the show here, 
they still mention Don Krieg, and you still kind of get a look at Don Krieg and his, like, armor and his weapons shooting at Mihawk, though. And... and but this... What yeah. happens... Sorry, I just want to say that. What happens with that, with Mihawk taking him out right then and there, is realistically what would have happened if Mihawk yes. was, like, uh, going against Don Krieg, you know? And right, because, well, in the anime there, like, Mihawk takes out Don Krieg's ships, but just, like, leaves him alone like to live and everything like that whereas in the show here we're seeing Mihawk finish his work and just take out Don Krieg and to me this kind of flashback scene to Mihawk fighting Don Krieg and I use the term fighting loosely because he just obliterates him Mm -hmm. it what it really does to me is it gives me perspective on what Zoro is about to go up against because you see Zoro's face as soon as the name Mihawk or Hawkeye is mentioned any time in the anime. And you see that same look in his eyes when you see that name mentioned in the show here as well. Now, I, I agree with you. And I think they did a really nice job of building up and showing Zoro's reasoning for wanting to have this fight. But I do want to just say that like Alexis thought it was kind of out of left field a little bit that he would just like, oh, he's going to fight this guy. Why is he doing that? And I was like, well, like his goal is to be the best swordsman and Mihawk is the best. And I think they did a nice job of showcasing that, but maybe to just having like, like maybe when his name is mentioned at the bar there, everyone is just like, like, holy crap, this is Mihawk. And then someone says he's the best swordsman. Like, and I know they said that, but like even just overplaying it just a little bit more, um, I think would have been just maybe drove 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 that you know that that idea home, but he he shows it when they have their fight, right? Oh yeah, he pulls out the little tiny d- <laughs> dagger, necklace dagger, and basically uh, takes out Zoro just with that. And I really do though, and I know we're kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves in the episode, yeah. but I really do love this fight scene. And I love so how how Mihawk blocks all three of Zoro's attacks with at the same time with his little dagger. Mm-hmm. And but I also really like the progression of the fight where Mihawk acknowledges Zoro's skills and knows that yes, you are a very skilled swordsman. You're not on my level, but let's see what you got. I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to severely injure you and i'll give you the honor of doing it with my big ass sword <laughs> yes and basically come come back and come after me when you've developed more and yeah. i think this was such an important episode in the anime for like for me because this was one of those episodes that like hooked me like oh i gotta keep watching uh-huh. uh so cool so cool and to see zoro's characters too since this fight like continue to progress like Mm-hmm. That's again. I've said this before. Like the magic of One Piece is just ha- them coming back to these characters and these small things that are mentioned and building off of it. From this event forward, you see how Zoro just ch- is relentless in his training, and any time he like levels up, like in terms mm-hmm. of abilities and whatnot, you like I can't help but get excited because you're like, I know this is building towards this. What's going to be an awesome fight between him and Mihawk at some point in the future. And I really think it's interesting that, you know, we get this, like, tease of a fight this close to the beginning. And it just kind of, like, leaves that taste in your mouth of you wanting more. And 
it's going to be a long while until we get that more fight. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you're looking forward to it. You know it's going to happen. And it's a good appetizer since we are talking about a restaurant here, Baratier. Yes, I just want to mention, we've kind of pretty much covered this whole Zoro Mihawk piece. I just want to mention, too, that uh, the reason Mihawk's there is to get Luffy and bring him back to his grandfather or the Vice Admiral, as everyone now knows, uh, Garp. And this episode had a lot of interesting things just in terms of that dynamic, these two episodes, in terms of that dynamic between the, like... Um, pirate commanders and the marines the warlords the seven warlords the seven warlords and the marines and they did a really nice job kind of building that world building that early on whereas Mm -hmm. in the anime i don't know if they really got into that until a little bit later and you sort of see like how kobe is dealing with this idea that oh marines work with pirates and Garb's kind of like, you can't just be naive. Like, obviously, yeah. you know, some of these pirates are really powerful. And in order for us to to handle them, we would have to, uh, you know, go to all-out war. And so this is kind of like a way to create peace by having these seven really big fish sort of keep, or sharks, kind of keep the rest of the pirates in line. So it, and like it's you said, I I really do like how this episode, on top of everything else we've talked about and that we will continue to talk about, yeah. is really Colby getting like a peek behind the curtain of what it actually means to be a Marine commander. And like that not everything is as cut and dry as Marines good, Pirates evil, mm-hmm. Marines attack all Pirates. There are sacrifices there are you know gray lines that have to be drawn and or sorry blurred lines that have to be crossed and everything and i think garp kind of shepherding kobe along the path to seeing what what it takes to be a successful marine vice admiral Mm -hmm. is just uh, a good a good little change that we don't really get this early on in the series in the anime because well, in the anime, Garp does bring Kobe and Hameppo, like, under his wing and everything. You don't really see him teaching them those lo- those lessons this early in the series yet. Yeah, and, and going in depth like this. Yeah. Uh, because you do see, like, them training to be stronger and stuff. Yeah. Also, too, you get early on that Garp is Luffy's grandfather and kind of the impact that has on both the Straw Hat Pirates, which I thought was more in depth than it is in the anime and then also you have the impact of that on kobe as a marine like seeing this it also is used to reinforce the fact that luffy is his own person and he is a pirate because that's who he is and it's not a bad pirate type thing it's he's luffy he's there for freedom and that's how kind of piracy is seen as like freedom and chaos a little bit whereas marines are supposed to be order and but it's not quite as cut and dry as we learned throughout these episodes and so i think that was really well done it's really funny too because like in the anime like i just finished the water seven Mm -hmm. enos lobby so good and uh so the revelation that 
Garp is Luffy's grandfather doesn't happen until the aftermath of the Enos Lobby arc. Mm-hmm. So them fast-tracking this with the show here on Netflix is giving us like some extra tension, extra drama early on here. And like you said, I think it does offer like good perspective of where Luffy is coming from and like the choices he's made. It's good stuff. I do also like the little line, the little Easter egg there. Mihawk's like turns to Luffy as he's leaving and he's like saying how, you know, because Luffy's a wild card, quote unquote, according to Garp when he's trying to get Mihawk to take care of him. Mihawk's interested in him and uh, he tells Luffy, he's like, I like your hat. And it's a connection because Mihawk does actually know. Know uh, where it came from. Yes. Uh, Shanks. And so that, that's fun. I hope we get to see a bit more of Shanks as we go through this season too. Anyway, let's get kind of focused in here. I think we need to talk about two main things, really. Because we know, uh, if you've watched the episodes, you know that they come to the restaurant to get some food after escaping the Marines. I think we really need to talk about Sanji. Yeah. And, uh, oh gosh. And Nami. And, and Nami. Yeah, kind of their arcs there with Arlong too coming in, but... Sanji and the head chef. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Zeph. Zeph, yes. Zeph. We got to kind of talk about them and their relationship. Yes. Because there is some differences here too in term- from the anime, which I thought was a little uh, uh, a little on the grosser end of things. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's not a difference. The- huh? It's not a difference. He does not eat his leg, does he? Oh, yes, he does. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so what we're talking about. Anyway, the head chef at the Bratier is Zeph, who is um, a famous pirate who now is... Red leg Zeph. Red leg Zeph, because he had blood on his feet. He would use his feet to attack and kill people because you wouldn't use your hand because you're a chef and you need your hands for cooking. And so he would, you know, he was a big pirate. And they both have a mutual dream of finding the all blue, which is where all four oceans of the world and the One Piece world sort of connect. And in this part of the ocean that it has east, west, north, and south blues, there's creatures there that you can't find anywhere else. It's like a chef's dream. All the ingredients. Right. It's all the fish, all the ingredients from all four oceans coming together. Yes. And so it's supposed to be like this big thing. and It's a myth almost. But that is Sanji's dream is to find it. Uh, And so Zeph, when Sanji was very little, Sanji was on a boat cooking and stuff. And Zeph attacks that boat and they end up getting shipwrecked in a storm Zeph and Sanji are the only ones to survive even though they kind of hate each other Zeph gives him a bag of food which and tells him to sit on the other side of this rock as they're waiting for ships and I I love this scene because in the anime this was like such a big kind of reveal when you find out that Zeph had given all of his food to Sanji this kid who he despised and He's supposed to be this big bad pirate. And it, it again, is reinforcing that idea that pi- pirates aren't all bad, you know, um, and that they're really about following your dreams and accomplishing these things. And Zeph had seen that in Sanji, that Sanji had that same dream. And so he wanted him to live on. And so he was planning on like almost letting himself die and having so, so Sanji could live. 
uh, I've had forgotten that Zeph eats his own leg. But in the anime, oh, he I'm, does. I'm looking this up now. I I don't think he does actually in the anime. He just loses it in like the ship. Like he saves Sanji and loses it um, from like the ships colliding or something like that. Anyway, uh, but you get their interaction together and you understand why Sanji has such a strong determination to this old man who he swears and cusses at all the time, which is just great because it shows their relationship. They really like have this like hate, but they love each other secretly um, underneath it all. And so that was really that was really fun to see. No, he did. So he did eat his own leg in the anime. Okay. After we've gone back I've seen and forth, conflicting yes, reports here. It's happened. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've seen this arc, so yeah, it has been a minute. Yeah. But anyway, it, I really liked it. What did you think about kind of like Sanji and Zeph and like that whole? I mean, honestly, it was an amazing little side arc there, um, with just how Zeph tosses Sanji this little bag of food. And keeps this big bag for himself. And Sanji's like, oh, why do you get the big bag? And Zeph's like, well, I'm bigger than you. Take it, run, get out of here. <laughs> and so this big bag of food that Zeph has is actually just that big bag of treasure. Which they used to open and the bounty. Exactly, exactly. So Sanji takes his, his small bag of food, goes to the other side of the island is there for so long that he's starving, eats through his little bag, and he gets ready to go and try to kill Zeph for his food. Mm-hmm. He gets over there, and when he realizes that it's just treasure and that Zeph has had nothing to eat other than his own leg this whole time, he just breaks down and like loses it, realizing that Zeph sacrificed himself for him. And it just so happens at that moment, a ship comes by and rescues them all. Yes. For both of them. And one thing I wish they but, had said in the yeah. live action that they did say in the anime is how that's why they decided to never let anyone go hungry. Like, even if they couldn't pay yeah, for it. Like, right, exactly. They would feed anyone who needed food, and they would never waste food. Yes. Um, and I th- Because that's such a big thing for Sanji going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I wish they, I, I know, I mean, you can make the connections, but like maybe just touching on that just a little clear, like them together, like, why would you keep the treasure type thing? And him being like, I'm going to, like, if we survive, I'm going to start a restaurant and no one will ever go hungry. And so that way, when, you know, Zeph is like later on after he's banned Sanji from the kitchen, because he's really just trying to get Sanji to go and chase the dream of the all blue. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, when. Luffy's like, he fed this man who had no food. I'm sure that makes you mad. And he's just like, he did that, did he? That's good. So he hasn't, because, like, that means he hasn't forgotten. Um, Exactly. It shows Zeph that Sanji, despite all this time, still has the same values that he he did when they first opened Baratia together. Yeah. So... That's it, that was pretty cool. I li- I just like that piece of Sanji. Also, too, his character from the anime, I like that he's not quite as girl swoony. Like he's still yep. he's still there. I wanted to bring this it, up, but like it's done in a very fun way. It's much more manageable yeah. and much more tolerable in the live action here. Where yes, he's like, oh Nami, you don't have to pay. You're too beautiful to pay money for this food. But he's like, Luffy, 
double. Yeah. <laughs> and but he's chores. not like Yes, you're chore boy now. He's not like oh Nami Swan all weird and stuff like he is in the anime. So it's a great change. Again, so far, like I'm I know I might be like just biased because I like the live action a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think that all the changes they have made to these characters so far, Sanji, Usopp, Nami, it's all for the better. And I'm really glad that they have made the changes that they did. So let's kind of finish up talking about kind of Nami's arc throughout this and the final fight there with Luffy and uh, the big baddie. Arlong. So in this episode two, we have Nami kind of sort of getting upset that Luffy didn't tell them about or Vice Admiral Garp being his uh, grandfather. Grandfather, And, like, she was, like, venting about it to Zoro, like, aren't you upset about this? And he's like, no, not really. (laughs) Because he's like, we don't really know each other that well, which is a good point. They're a new crew. Yep. So him and Nami start having a little drinking game, and you find out that Nami's from a small village and had no, really no friends, and... Because you already have Zoro's background. So you're getting little Mm -hmm. bits and pieces here. But you can tell there's something kind of holding Nami back from all this. Right? And she really is... She's mad at Luffy when Zoro fights and kind of blames him because he's not being a captain. He's not taking ownership uh, and making the hard decision. And Luffy's like, I'm never going to get in front of you guys. Like, in front, basically saying in front of anyone for following their dreams. Right. Exactly. Unless it was, unless it was kind of counteracting his dream, like, and then I'm sure he would stand up for himself. Yep. But Nami's really upset about this, and Luffy does start to take like I need to, I do need to make be a little bit more decisive and make some stronger choices going forward. He needs to be the captain. And so Nami is kind of having this, but you also notice too that throughout some of the in between some of these scenes, she's packing up her stuff. It's like she's getting ready to go. And there's a point where she asks for passage out of the Bratier before the morning. And she, you think she might leave prior to Zoro's fight. She ends up staying, which is a bit of a surprise. In the anime, she does leave. I want to say it's after the fight as well. It is after the fight, yeah. Uh, but she does leave. And this is where we get a really big difference is that she stays and we have after the fight with Zoro and Mihawk, we have Arlong show up. And Arlong has sort of already shown up earlier on in the season, whereas in the anime he didn't show up until the very end. He is a fish man. Fish man hybrid, kind of. It's interesting. Anyway, he has like a very sharp nose. Uh, and he's very intimidating. He's like a sawtooth shark or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And you can tell he despises humans. He feels like fishmen usually are like trying to just be equals with humans when he's, in his opinion, they're superior, so they should act like it. And he comes into the Bratier and uh, is sort of, you know, almost acting like a mob boss kind of thing. It's like this is a shakedown. Mm-hmm. He's looking for Luffy because he wants the map. Lo and behold, he has taken Buggy's head with him, and Buggy's there. <laughs> And I, I li- oh, Buggy's head is there. Buggy's head, Buggy's head is there, and I liked that change. I really did. I thought that was fun. And we come to find out too when Luffy shows up to 
sort of confront Arlong after Nami is like, no, you shouldn't do this, and we need to leave. Uh, he's like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna stop this, and he goes to fight Arlong, but Buggy's one of Buggy's ears is pen in his straw hat, and I was like, that's funny. That's that. It was clever. It was cute, especially because it's great. <laughs> Buggy did tell him before, like I have eyes and ears everywhere. Like, he yeah, literally had an ear following him and listening to everything he'd said. So, him and Arlong fight. Uh, you see the f- impacts of seawater on a pers- a devil fruit user. I thought the fight was pretty good. It got interesting later on once Luffy got Arlong out of the restaurant. You did see just how powerful the fishmen are, which was pretty cool, you know. Sanji, pretty proficient fighter, couldn't really hang. But... I mean, Arlong is is very powerful. Yes. Well, I meant one of his underlings, like his second-in-command or whatever. Yes, yes. So we had the, the fight there just to demonstrate that even though Sanji, being a good fighter... He's still not quite up to snuff against the strength of a fishman. Yeah, that's okay. He's got a little time. Yeah, a little time. Because still. what ends up happening is uh, Nami basically reveals that she is part of Arlong's crew, and she's had this tattoo all along. Yeah, and is taking the map to him, and Arlong's about to take a bite out of Luffy and kill him, and she's like, "Why waste your breath when you can just let the sea do it for you?" And so he throws Luffy into the ocean to drown. Anyway, and uh, Luffy doesn't drown, obviously. Sanji jumps in and saves him. And Zoro wakes up after Luffy is, like, crying about how... Well, not crying, but, like, apologizing and saying, like, he needs to be a stronger captain and make, you know, more decisive decisions. And Zoro wakes up. There's That was a, that was a really fun scene, him hugging him and... Uh, you know, once everyone's kind of together and ready to go, he's like, what are we going to do first? Go after Nami. And I love that because, like, you think, oh, he's going to give up on Nami. No. Like, he knows that she wants to be part of the crew and that he she's not happy where she is. Otherwise, she wouldn't have stayed. And it, also, it also just shows how Luffy does not give up on his friends. And even though Nami is like seemingly gone willingly with Arlong and everything, he's still willing to go and try and stand up for her to try to win her back, despite already getting beaten, despite the odds being against him. It doesn't matter. One of his friends needs his help, so he's going. I was a little sad in the fight scene here that Usopp kind of just didn't do anything. It's still, they're still kind of, you know, showing him as a coward and whatnot. They which, are. And which he is. He needs to be. Uh, but, like, at the same time, there were are moments where, like, even in the stuff, Usopp would have, like, done a smoke star or something. Like, you know. And I, I wish they did have a little bit more with that instead of him hiding under a table and whatnot. I mean, I think it does, again, just show, like, Usopp was trapped. He was in this restaurant. There was nowhere to run. If he did do like a smoke star, where would he run to? Like hide on a ship instead of under the table? Yeah, that's true. So like I get like Usopp just staying there and and hiding and everything because he is a coward, at least right now and yeah. everything. So he has not become the brave warrior of the sea that he portrays himself out to be, even though 
he does kind of like dress up as like a swaggering captain when they first enter Baratier, which is a little funny. And he tries to play up his whole his whole Captain Usopp persona. Yeah, there. He yeah. I'm I'm excited to see him transform at some point. Still waiting in the anime. Yeah. <laughs> but we do see uh, Sanji does join the crew, uh, kind of reluctantly. But he decides to go with Luffy to try to pursue his dream. Chase the all blue. Chase down the all blue. Kind of needed a, a boot in the butt from Zeph in order to get out that door finally. But he uh, ends up making the decision join the straw hats and now they're sailing for arlong with the help of buggy the head of buggy i really do think it's funny how buggy is being included more in the live action so far Mm -hmm. um and just kind of being the clown bit character that he is (laughs) and it's working because he's a funny character as far as like just everything that he can do and very very anime-y but it's working so far, and I do appreciate his inclusion I agree. in the live action. And like you said, it's kind of like the adventures of Buggy, the side stuff, without some of the more ridiculousness of it. Um, so, I'm cool with it. Yes, but next stop is Arlong Park, mm-hmm. and the showdown between Arlong and Luffy. And more about Nami's backstory. Goes. Yes, and we get to find out more about Nami and why she's a part of the Arlong Pirates. And also her dream, which hasn't been revealed. We know pretty much everyone else's dream in um, the crew. We know Luffy's dream to be the king of the pirates. We know Zoro's dream to be the greatest swordsman, and he reaffirms that with his vow to Luffy as his first mate. He will never lose a match again. which is interesting. Uh, We have... Sanji's like dream of the all blue. We have Usopp's dream about being a captain, a brave warrior of the sea. <laughs> yeah, a brave warrior of the sea, a captain. Kiz is kind of an amalgamation too, because like also see his dad probably is in there. That's probably part of his dream too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but I think that's gonna do it for us. And so when we come back next time, we will wrap up our coverage of the One Piece live action taken down the battle between Arlong and Luffy. Until then, this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.